right. Welcome back to the Hall Pass podcast. This is going to be our last episode this season. Wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. Um, but due to high demand, we've been getting a lot of requests um, just to do a top questions from students and parents. So frequently asked questions. Um, hopefully this relates to, you know, 90% of those of you who guys are listening at least. Um, so we've combined questions from the past month that we've received. We haven't had a lot of chance to answer those questions. So we apologize for that. We want to spend some time today um, answering your questions. We've also added some common questions um, that we get during our community seminars and workshops. Um, For those of you who don't know, we do community seminars and workshops. So if you're interested, DM, um, hit us up uh, on Instagram, (laughs) um, uh, the Hall Pass podcast, or shoot us an email and and we'll see if we can work with you guys and try to do a community seminar, high school seminar, workshop um, in your area. So without further ado, let's go ahead and just dive right in. But before we do, hello, everyone, hey, hey. my boys. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and get started. So we've separated today's session into academic questions, extracurricular activity questions, and miscellaneous questions. So um, we're going to cover, you know, like I said, the most frequent questions that we get asked. Um, so we'll, let's get started. Uh, So the first question that we get asked more often than we would like sometimes is, how do I motivate my unmotivated child? Oh, boy. Um, This is is a very uh, loaded question, first of all, because like define unmotivated. Um, Mm. But, you know, my initial thoughts, and we can just do a roundtable here, um, is... Find what makes your child tick, you know, and and that could be something like video games, which I know a lot of parents are like, that's taboo. Let's not talk about that. But, you know, sometimes, you know, utilizing what makes them tick, um, what makes them excited uh, could be a way in which you can find a way to motivate them, connect them to things that, you know, they might really be passionate about. Yeah, that's the tough thing about motivation is that... (laughs) It's sometimes you're motivated in TV or movies or video games or things that you don't want them to be completely invested in. But I think what you're saying, Jenny, is uh, to find that bridge and you find that initial kind of conversation topic to show that you're invested as a parent and you're not belittling yeah. any of the trivial things that may seem trivial to you, but who knows what they are going to, what they're going to be like in the future. Yeah. And then you can kind of launch off that like video games can launch into a series of computer science or computer programming or app making and Mm -hmm. things like that. That can be something valuable in the future. You know, TVs, film can, can, can tangent into art and project management and things like that. And so, I mean, I think it's a springboard, a launching point, but it's not, I think the key is to not belittle anything that your son or daughter may be interested in kind of, enrich it or follow it yeah is the best and then kind of steer it after you 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 make that connection yeah i think there's also a window a timing window where you know when you're talking with an 11th grader and you're trying to motivate him by that point a lot of the searching for the bridges i feel like is a little bit too late late, so you know ideally what were you thinking maybe like third grade all the way up until eighth grade just continuing to be more open-minded as a parent and sharing that open-mindedness by helping your student explore different sides of interest so let's try okay video game design see if you're interested in that let's also go ahead and try something in speech and debate and it's kind of creating um a variety in their life when they're younger so that they can draw from those experiences what bridges you're looking for mm-hmm. um i want to try to approach this a little bit differently uh, i see you guys mentioning video games and um what i want to first identify is for parents okay what is an unmotivated child well for me 
the way I would approach it many of the times would be to try to understand why the student is unmotivated. Is it because they don't understand what the reward is in the end? Is it because they're just being forced down a certain path? Or is it something different than that? For example, a lot of times when students are kind of obsessed with video games, right? It's not some, you know, more often than not, I've never noticed it being about how the student really loves video games and wants to learn more about it. Instead, video games is a symptomatic result of something else. Them being ostracized in school, not having socialized well enough, or not having a lot of good friends. Like, you can look at video games kind of like an escape. And so sometimes when it's a lack of motivation, um, it could be simply because they have some issue like that mm. are why so I, I guess what i'm trying to say is if your student son or daughter is playing a ton of video games and you think they're unmotivated try to first recognize what video games are about it's an escape it's a fantasy it's about going into a realm of your own and becoming strong and and ignoring like kind of being blissfully ignorant of the real world mm. and so why do you escape to that what's going on um so besides that i also think that when it comes to unmotivated children it's really a question of um, how much stimulus we put into uh, their lives. So aside from just sending your son or daughter to a summer camp or saying, okay, you're going to do this and you're going to do this, it's being responsive to it. I know, Punky, you just picked up your, your daughters, right? And then they came back and being able to ask them about how their day was or how they liked it, how they experienced it. And then being able to watch the news together and say, oh, look at that guy. That guy did this kind of thing and made this invention. That's really cool. There's a new technology called 3D printing. Are you interested? You want to check that out? And so I do think parents are very, very involved in motivating their child. Yep. Like, like, and we've talked about this. My my girls are totally into slime lately. Like <laughs> like for the last. Can you explain what slime is to so those who don't know? Slime. I have no idea why this <laughs> is a craze, but elementary school kids, or I don't even know if middle school kids are into this, but they come home with this goo, this like silly putty kind of slime concoction that they make in school, and you know they get it all over my car they get it all over their hands they get it all over the house and i'm very ocd and i'm like oh my god this is everywhere mm. it gives it takes me extra time so i get a little annoyed and it, it kind of gets my stress level a little high mm-hmm. um but you know today i saw that slime website from one of our students and it was just an amazing website mixing photography and videos and it was very artistic and so when i picked up maya and kieran i was my daughters i was telling them about this website then maya her eyes lit up because mm. i'd never approached the slime conversation with interest before. <laughs> in a positive way yeah it was always <laughs> like don't bring the slime out yeah. It doesn't come out in the car. It doesn't belong in the house. Yeah. Slime is not allowed. Yeah. You know, that was always my, my history with slime for the past month or so. Yeah. And so this time I was telling them about slime. And so Maya's like, we're walking to the car and she's like, you know, um, you know, my friend Addison and, and I want to start a slime business too. And she pulls out this prototype sheet with mm. business cards called, <laughs> you know, slime or express slimes. And it has like a, a drawing and different kind of <laughs> logos and stuff. And so, to take something like slime, right? The whole the whole point of why I'm bringing this up is because it showed me her entrepreneurial spirit. Mm. I mean, she actually made pricing uh, quotes on there for an eight ounce bottle, a mini bottle, and so she's already thinking about how to market this. How old is your daughter? For she's this? ten. Ten. She's ten. Years yeah, it was, it was pretty. It was pretty amazing to see that. So, the, so from that aspect, yeah, slime. I still <laughs> have a, a, a aversion to it, you know. But if it lights up my daughter's day and if she wants to be entrepreneurial with it and enterprising with it and right. if she wants to do it with her friends it'll teach her about marketing business like little sc- like little skills like that at this age i'm all for it you know yeah. and, and that's what 
that's the motivation I saw in her. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna give this a shot, even things that I don't like. And I wanna just add before we go on that imagine the context of you having having not approached her and asked her about slime or showed her, hey, here's the business idea of slime from one of our students. This could have all kind of went under. You wouldn't have been able to right. really notice. I wouldn't have it. She would have never showed me her slime. It would have never come out in the house. I would have never seen her <laughs> business card, which I want to frame, by the way. And I'm going to put in a collage and I'm going to keep it because who knows what she'll be in the yeah. future. You know? right. And so I think that parents engaging in the interest as opposed to just signing up for summer camp, signing up to go to this program, I think is very important. Because believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, parents we often look to parents for approval. We look to parents to see if this is okay. If, that's, if it, Your praise is very important. And so I'd highly suggest parents to spend that additional effort. I know we're tired. I know we work 40 plus hour work weeks, but that extra mile that you go, I think is what distinguishes those who are motivated and not. And for those of you, just one last point before we move on. Um, <laughs> for those of you whose parents are like, well, I'm not an eighth grade parent. Like my kid's in 11th grade and he's unmotivated and I need to find motivation quick, right? I think a lot of those times um, finding direction, uh, figuring out, you know, what it, what their goals are, what they want to do in the future. Um, if they say they don't have any goals, you can backtrack and figure out, well, what do you want a family when you grow up? You know, how many kids do you want? And those types of kind of real life questions could foster some sort of motivation um and and if you're like i'm not a parent that can talk to my child like i feel like it's too late come to admission masters and you can talk to counselors and counselors can you know sometimes mentor and help students um with that with those types of endeavors so um i think it's really helpful that when you're especially at that point where the student is teenage you know angst and in in, you know entrenched Mm -hmm. that you have a new fresh blood perspective yeah someone that comes along because different angle yeah once you get to 11th grade honestly for my parents it's kind of in one year and out the other yeah, yeah. parents driving motivation it's not it's not like an on-off switch 11th grade might be, like you were mentioning earlier jay like it might be way too late 10th grade might be way too late it's not like you can just now all of a sudden motivate yeah. your son or daughter to do something at that age you know yeah They're, you've had history and all these sort of in one year out the other kind of conversations yeah, so, yeah. That, that fresh perspective, I think, is a good way to play it. So many times they'll get that from church, maybe like a youth leader or in a community organization, mm-hmm. boys and girls club leader. Sometimes a school teacher, a mentor, a club yeah. advisor. Yeah. So if they're unmotivated, I feel like the first question I'd ask is, who's their mentors? Who have they spoken to about this? Mm-hmm. Who, who has taken interest in them, right? Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, okay, let's move on. Um, are APs more important than SAT2s? Um, no, I wouldn't say so. I think um, SAT2s and APs are both types of standardized tests that allow students to show their capabilities um, and their understanding of the concept and the subject. Um, you know, if you, for some reason, didn't do well on your AP U.S. history test, but then you did really well on your SAT2 U.S. history, that would show colleges your competency. Um, so I would say both are important. Um, APs just give you college credit. It's an investment to, you know, maybe graduating college early or starting off early and not having to take some requirements. So um, and SAT2s are just another measure um, of, of your competency. Would you say that SAT, so for, I'm, I'm looking at the sele- highly selective cohort of students, like mm-hmm. the top 10, 20 universities, you know, I feel like AP tests and the, and the subsequent scores matter a lot more for those kind of colleges. I feel like a lot of co- like, like parents and students think that, um, and it does matter because you, there are more AP tests than SAT2 subject tests. There are more AP classes than there are SAT2 subjects. So like in some cases you're taking an entire class 
throughout entire school year to be prepared for your AP exam, essentially, whereas SAT two subjects could be like a two month study period, right, where you're just studying for the SAT two. So I think in that sense, like APs could potentially weigh like a little bit more because you've spent an entire year dedicated those, to those courses. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I would say I would say they're equally, equally important mm-hmm. regardless. I think it's kind of when you get to a higher level of competitiveness, if you're aiming for your top 10, top 20, it's kind of expected you're above a 1500. It's kind of expected you're, you know, scoring a certain degree in terms of like your GPA and your main test scores. And where the distinguishing factors come in would be the secondary tests like the SAT2s and APs. And so when you're at that high caliber where Everyone every point counts, number, yeah. yeah, that's where I feel like you can see the distinction. But mm-hmm. ultimately... I think um, the core still stands GPA and mainly SAT, ACT. Mm-hmm. The rest are secondary tests. Okay. Um, another question that we had was, is the highest GPA a student can get a 5.0? Is that only possible if every course is an honors AP? Is there an honors PE? Um, I I've, would say... I've never seen that in my life. Yeah. But <laughs> there, are no, there are no honors PE, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't do honors gym, unfortunately. Um, that's just called play a sport. Uh, yeah. So uh, if you or, or it's called meathead. meathead. <laughs> so if you are, um, you know, it's out of a 5.0, you know, average, but like the highest ranking students probably at the top tier high schools probably get like a four seven. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen four eights, but you know, not every class is honors, and like you said, gym is not honors. Um, although there are different types of GPAs, if we had mentioned before, like there's an overall GPA and an academic GPA, because gym doesn't go into an academic GPA. I know Jay mentioned that there might be some private schools where they do honor and weigh AP um, yeah. honors and AP courses. And in that case, you know, if you're looking at just the academic GPA, yeah, sure, it's possible to get a 5.0. But overall GPA, it's impossible unless your school is weird. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like you want to be striving for the 5.0, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. This is not some unicorn dream kind of shot where yeah. you're guaranteed in schools with it. It's not going to matter as much. What was your GPA? 6.5. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> if you're an IB school, it's possible. Um, and then another person asked, is GPA similar to SAT scores as well, where schools don't place much difference between a 1520 and 1600? So is a 4.3 similar to a 4.5 or is the gap greater with the GPA? So gap is greater with the GPA because to try to get a 4.3 versus 4.5 is a matter of three to four Bs. Um, And so three to four Bs versus three to four As. And so in that case, I would say SATs, you know, 1520 and 1600, 1540, 1600 being more similar is the gap is less there than it is in GPA. Okay. I have a really quick question for you. This is a choice you guys can make. I'm offering you ready. Okay. Would you (laughs) rather be working with an applicant? who has a 1520 SAT score and a 4.5 GPA or a 1600 SAT score with a 4.3 GPA. We'll start with punkage. Time I'll, is ticking. I'll take the first option. So you take the 1520 with a 4.5, the higher GPA with a slightly lower SAT score. I'll take that too. Me too. So listen, ladies and gentlemen, y'all have our consensus here. Uh, yeah. That was a great would you rather question. I love it. We should do an entire episode would on you just rather? would you rather oh questions. That'd be so fun. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, okay. Another one was from a 10th grader. What do I do if I got a few C's this semester? Your life. <laughs> is oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Why are you so feeding that? Oh, grader, boy. 10th grader, a few C's, you know. 
as long as you push yourself and do better, you know, your junior year and you show improvement to college admissions, C's are not, you know, detrimental to your to your life. Oh, you're taking that such in a in a nice motherly kind of way. I want to look at this and say, C's tell me there's some problems. There's some inherent problems. There's some study skill issues. There's some time management issues or something of the sort. And we need to rectify it before mm. we move forward. Now, to answer the question, I guess, to the intent of what the uh, the student was asking was, you know, would this ruin my chances of getting to certain schools? Frankly speaking, I can name a couple schools that wouldn't be happy with even 10th grade C's, yeah. right? But the vast majority of them aren't looking just from a singular moment. They're seeing what you do thereafter. Yeah. So if you bring up your grades 11th grade, you're straight A student, and then you get letters of recommendation saying, dude, he has improved significantly over the years, ever since 10th grade, he's been motivated. And if you write an essay that revolves around that catalytic moment that turned you around as an academic student. So you're saying whew, there's a chance. There's a chance. <laughs> Dumb and dumber. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so awesome. Yeah, I mean, and, and what Jay said, I think is absolutely right. If you have a C, it shows lack of effort, I think more than anything. You know, in high school, count, um, teachers weigh homework and participation pretty heavily. You won't see that in college. So if you're getting mm. a C, it might be just a matter of not doing your homework or not participating in class and that's something we absolutely do need to rectify yeah so you know my, my two cents in the whole thing is look we're human beings you can harp and mull on the sea forever and your life can come crashing down mm. you can basically every moment in time you can make you come to a fork in the road you can make a decision you can take the positive approach and you can grow from it and mm-hmm. you can you know, it's a C, you know, yeah, maybe some colleges will close their doors to to you, but then maybe they don't deserve you because you're going to become a rock star and learn from it and, yeah. and, 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 and become awesome in 11th grade and 12th grade, write killer essays and solve world peace. Yeah. You know, find a cure for cancer or something like I'm that. I'm sure um, Obama got a couple C's here and now and then. But Jeez. we never saw his transcripts. We never saw his transcripts. So we, we didn't. Oh, we let's didn't. not get into that. <laughs> Moving on. He, he did transfer from Occidental he, to Columbia. So North America? Never mind. Different oh, podcast. Oh, oh, dear. Oh, dear. We're not that kind of podcast. Like, you <laughs> All right, moving into when should I start studying for the SAT or ACT? Now. <laughs> My job's too. Um, I can answer this. Yeah. Um, uh, there are some actual middle school to ninth grade programs, so like seventh, eighth grade, ninth grade programs that do ask for an SAT to math subject score. Um, and so you can say as early as even seventh grade. Um, but let's just go over kind of the basics of the test. Um, Can I ask you just a practical oh, question with that? Sure. Sorry, didn't mean to drill, but like, how could you take the test when you haven't taken a certain standards in math or a subject matter? Oh, you skip the question. You just skip it and Correct. kind of get like another baseline, basically. Uh, so to give it, you a frame of reference, it's, not, are, good, it's are, not good to guess. There are programs like CTY Correct. that, you know, summer programs right. for middle school students that take all that into consideration. Like mm-hmm. they know you haven't taken Algebra 2 just yet. Right. You know? but they, don't, they, don't, they don't scale the score differently. It's still scored like the same, schools, right? but, but the requirements the, are lower. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we're thinking like if you want to make it into some of these summer programs as a hardcore middle, middle school student, mm-hmm. we're taking, you don't need the 800 on the subject test. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, it would be more like a 640, 680. Yeah, so look, yeah. eighth grade CTY, you can get equal to or less than 480 on math, oh. and then equal to or less than 460 on critical reading to be eligible for CTY. So you say I have a chance. <laughs> Dumb and dumber. <laughs> so when should you start studying for it? Um, it depends on what your goal is. If you're aiming to go to a top tier school, it may make more sense for you to start the SAT early so that you can make sure that you get it finished and done with by the beginning of junior year. Because then you can focus on junior year things instead of having to mull over the SAT on top of everything else. Yeah. And so I would say general rule of thumb for me is try to finish it by junior year. That means from junior year, backtrack it. 
How many months do you need to prep? How many summers or winter breaks do you need to prep? Mm. Um, that's why I see students on average, to me it's a 50-50 split. I see some students beginning ninth grade summer to 10th grade, or I see them beginning 10th grade to 11th grade summer. Mm -hmm. um, just bear in mind, I've been teaching SAT for a long time, okay? I think SAT is simply a matter of how much you practice. Mm -hmm. And so if you start practicing earlier, the more you can improve. It's a test you can crack. Exactly. So, so it's, yeah, so you can crack it, you can definitely ace it, but I've met students where they start early, they mm -hmm. feel like they have time, mm -hmm. so they don't really take the preparation part seriously, and they know they have like three opportunities or four opportunities. Right. I always like the student that comes across my desk that took it once, nailed it, yeah. and is done with it. Yeah. yeah. You know, it took like six weeks or 12 weeks to just ace it and, it. and figure it out, so you know? That, okay. That I find that the other student that knows they have time, he or she has time, and so then they just, oh, I won't put all my effort in yeah. with this preparation do you find those kind of students too well yeah. we do but then that's where we have proper planning we set mm. very clear goals um i'll give you an example i have students that will come to me at the end of ninth grade and they'll want to get started on their test prep so first step ladies and gents is to do a diagnostic test just straight up take it i know you didn't do any prep for it it's okay see what your raw base level score is and if you're scoring around maybe a 1340 sort 1380 that's actually a really good place to be in as a ninth grader without any preparation mm -hmm. that's actually a good score and so i'd say okay this summer let's focus on getting to at least a 1460 1480 let's try to improve your score by 100 points and i think to do that you need about eight weeks of practice or maybe uh, two when months you summer boot weeks, camp. You mean like three hours a week? Uh, it depends on the student at that point. Um, I think going, f getting to a fourteen sixty is a matter of discipline, and then going higher than fourteen sixty does require a little bit more, of, I guess, technical ability. Um, but um, I think the first phase of getting to fourteen sixty, I would recommend boot camp style where you do like classes, lessons, course, yeah. yeah. And then when you're going from 1460 to, and you're trying to aim for like a 1540, like trying to hit that 1500 plus, at that point, I want parents to be aware, you know, at, when you're at a 1460, you're only getting about 15 questions wrong. You don't want to be spending eight hours a day just to be covering 15 questions. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, I'd say, you know what? I think a two and a half hour, three hour private tutoring will be a much better option for you. And so that's how I kind of create the two different steps or phases is what I call it. Phase one, get to 1460, boot camp style, because it's really a matter of just practice to get to 1460. If you're a native English speaker, practice is the key, period. There's no other super duper trick, secret, read the questions first, then read the alpha and then the beta. No, 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 no. It's all about the student. <laughs> yeah. And it's all about practice. Now, when you go into 1460 to 1500 plus, that's where I think strategy, technique, strategy yeah. can really help you get there. Agreed. And that's where I think private tutoring can be more effective. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I, I know I, I know a lot of students are like, I did elite boot camp six times mm. and I still didn't get a 1540. I'm like, boot camp is for a one-time deal and then you need to try another strategy if you're doing the same thing over and over again that's why your score is not going up so Agreed. you know don't don't just kill yourself on boot camp every year parents you too we got to go to boot camp again they're learning the same content over and over again they're not going to improve mm -hmm. um on that same note do i have to do the essay portion on the sats Oh boy, so there's this thing called optional in academia. You can have this optional test. You can Nothing's take, you optional can do in life. <laughs> you Come beat on. me to it. Exactly. Um, colleges, pretty much every optional. college that you're gonna be interested in or applying to is gonna say that, hey, the essay is part of the requirement. Yeah, so take it. Um, extracurricular activities questions, number one. So this is very specific, but basically, you know, a lot of Asian parents specifically ask like, 
is this extracurricular activity still okay to pursue even if it's Asian? And a lot of times that just happens to be orchestra um, or like band. Um, and they're like, do we continue doing orchestra like, you know, violin or piano? Is that something we should continue to pursue? Okay, so I just want to say something. I went to the gym the like uh like the other day like a couple days ago and there was the you know how there's like a public broadcasting thing where like it's like the city hall and then they do every now and then they have an orchestra play like the honor orchestra oh. district orchestra and they do a performance mm -hmm. and i was on the treadmill and i saw that <laughs> and all i saw was a sea of asian students asian musicians i was gonna not say you saw one. all of your students no no, no, no. <laughs> but but it kind of like clicked with me at that point i was like wow there are a lot of asians in orchestra yeah. um so to answer the question is orchestra still something good to pursue i think it's still great I, I, I wouldn't necessarily focus on it to be your uniqueness factor unless you plan on applying as a music major or if you do if you want to do something related to orchestra and music. Um, it's it builds character. It builds um, patience. It's, art, it's artistic. Yeah, it's yeah. artistic. It fulfills a general education requirement for going to high school. Mm -hmm. um, it has still a lot of benefits to it. But my argument would be, I mean, I can't get rid of that picture in my mind of that orchestra performance and just seeing a sea of Asians. I, I think also think about your capability. Like if you're first True. chair, if you're winning like all state, I don't know, all nation, I don't know, country, international, like if you're going to these protege like type of, um, you know, uh, competitions and you are just killing it, then I feel like that that is your thing. Like it is your calling. You should continue that. But, you know, if you're if you're not at that level, CM level 10, that's that's you know a lot of people do cm level you know a lot of people accomplish cm level eight you know so on I think, and so I think forth the key here is though as a parent if you're pushing your son or daughter to play an instrument or like and they don't want it their yeah. heart's not in it yeah it may have been a childhood thing yeah, and yeah. you may have done it as a child when you were a parent but as a child you probably did the same thing yeah. you know it's like generational but in this day and age if your child doesn't want to do it or is not invested in it it probably is a disservice to force yeah. them into something. And don't worry, True. they can still go to college without music. Yeah. Agreed. Um, what should my eighth grader be doing this summer? This is a great question. Let's all say two things each about what, each. what an eighth grader shall be doing. My number one recommendation would be to explore as many interests as possible. So if that means going to a summer camp or creating slime or, you know, <laughs> doing something like that, like trying out engineering for the first time, trying out design for the first time, like just let them explore. Agreed. That was where that was one thing out of two. The <laughs> oh, yeah. second, Jenny, eighth grade. Um, so eighth grade is this, eighth, this is the summer after eighth grade. Yeah, so before ninth grade. So that's, before that, ninth that's grade. a seminal moment because you're going from middle school to high school. Yeah, yeah. I would also say previewing. It's time for wedgies and trash can dumps. Oh boy. Oh. So, so Punkage, you want to talk to us about your high school be, experience? Be, I feel be, like he's got something to get off his chest. Wear <laughs> the right underwear? Is that what? Boxers, go not for, briefs. Go, go, for boxers. go shopping it's a good time for the, to change right the boxers. clothing. No, I think like eighth grade summer, you know, it's it's because the grind is going to start getting real in high school. True. Yeah. And so that summer is a good time. Exactly what you said, Jenny, you know, explore uh, diversity diverse things do something that you want to do mm -hmm. travel if you want to travel camp go out you know do, spend some invest some time in yourself to know yourself because mm -hmm. you're starting to become a young you know man young girl yeah uh, young woman and stuff like that so those are important things and then get ready for for high school because it's going to be rip-roaring fun time <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> nice punkage. I don't, uh, I don't think my advice would be any different from y'all. I think that it's really a matter of this is your chance to do a final exploration before decisions have to start getting a little bit more serious. Yeah. Um, should I do prep courses and get a head start on my, let's say, brand new AP? I'm going to take AP Human Geo in ninth grade. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good option too, just so you can get like that breather in and just You might prepare. also want to take rid of a requirement like health, just because health that, is like one of those things yeah. that just like... And also su- summer is it. 10 weeks or 12 weeks, whatever yeah. it is. It's a long yeah. time. So yeah. you don't have to do, put all your eggs in one basket, yeah. so to speak. You can yeah. do a multitude of things. Yeah. Take a class, you know, do one of those. So I really like that advice. Maybe if you can take health in advance or take PE during the summer, yeah. just to get the electives out of the yeah, way, because you, it will crunch your wait, schedule. Your you can space. take PE in the summer? Some schools oh, yeah. you can. Some schools yeah. you can. Yeah. So I'd probably look into the high school mm. options of what courses you could take during the summer. Yeah. I wouldn't be going straight into AP biology during the summer as an eighth grade to ninth grade. Yeah. We're talking more like the basic things to get out of the way, like health and PE. Yeah. That's the, a good one. I think fundamental, like foundational courses, like foundational math and science, taking in the summer could potentially be a disservice to you because you're covering the content so quickly that you might need to like really fully understand. And you, ne- you need to solidly create that foundation yeah. to then progress into the next courses. So yeah. um, I do hear a lot of times like, oh, I want to take Algebra 2 during the summer so I can advance. I often don't really recommend that because Algebra 2 is such a critical yeah. aspect of your academics yeah dude even to sats oh yeah yeah i forgot about that so you're saying the summer class is like too rushed it's very topical and you don't get the guts of it choose the summer courses colleges would love it per se Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i don't i don't consider that to be a huge distinction by any means i agree um okay awesome guys should i quit varsity swim team for journalism which one do colleges like better a sport or humanities This Man, is, this depends, is, this depends is, on how good of a swimmer you are. Yes, yeah. this is a loaded question. Like, if you're a varsity swim team, you're going to win CIF. You're going to win regionals. Like, you're going to be first place. You're on club swim team. You could get recruited for swim. Don't quit swim, right? <laughs> but if you're, like, on varsity, it's taking up a lot of time. You're exhausted. Your GPA is, like, getting, you know, it's, it's, it's hurting. You know, I feel like, yeah, being on a varsity sport looks great, but... If that's going to compromise, you know, what you can do elsewhere, um, you know, that that's something you should think about. And I think, you know, if you love swim, um, but you're not that great at it, we can find other opportunities and ways for you to continue swim. You can be a lifeguard, right? Like you can teach swim. Mm, um, you good. can do you can mm-hmm. you can that's be on advice. a club swim team and maybe not like on your high school swim team because sometimes that takes more time. So mm-hmm. I think these are all things that you need to think about. We obviously need to know about the student a little bit more, but I think that's, you know, that's fairly and you can flip the coin on this and you do the same analysis for journalism journalism also does have a hierarchy for example are you potentially going to be the Mm editor-in-chief by the time you reach senior year are you doing publications and already a amateur journalist for the oc register or the la times yeah you know there's and it comes down to your major choice in terms of if you have a direct connection to journalism um uh, whoever the student was, we definitely need to know a lot more about you, but hopefully this will be a good start. Yeah, the short point. answer is there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. You know, it takes exploration and understanding what the student wants yeah. to do in the future and wh- how they are in both activities. Yeah. Extrapolate it out to the future to the best reasonable potential, and then that's where you can then create the comparison of what's more valuable to I you. I have a feeling that question came because the parent probably said to the student, pick journalism, and he or she's like, I want to swim. Yeah. Yeah. And now we got the question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I run into those so many you times. Mom Marching out there. band, <laughs> soccer. Mm-hmm. Dude, um, 
Yeah, it's always about like one or the other. Sometimes you can pursue both. And I feel like idealistically, if you can pursue both, try, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, if you do really have to choose one, then I think it really in, comes in down high school. To that. You quickly realize that all these activities and a lot of things, your time gets sucked up and time is the most precious thing yeah. out there. And so it becomes a battle of priorities. Yeah. And kind of what you want to do. And so it's always that juggling. I, 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 I remember a student came up to me and was like, so are you saying if I suck at something, I should just quit? And I'm like, whoa, that's no, not necessarily. But time is of the essence. So, you know, and sometimes like I've seen students who are fresh soft JV, you know, they're a freshman, sophomore year and they just rose to the occasion and became varsity and then became captain. Like those types of stories are ones that college admissions actually like a little bit more. The resiliency, the the grit, um, the dedication. And so, no, if you suck, don't quit. That's not a, that's not I think it's a, a matter of passion and your personal dedication, too. Um, okay. Do I have to do the, do I have to do AMC, the American math competition? I'm not that great at math, but I want to major in computer science. (laughs) I would say firstly, um, if you don't think you're great at math, I'd want to ask why you think so. Because to me and to Bill Nye, who you can find a YouTube clip on saying this, I'll quote him. I'll quote him. I bet you're not bad at math. It sucked for me. It sucked for you. And the secret to math is just, you got to practice. There's no way around it. All right, so you've got amazing scientists at the forefront of their fields saying the same thing. And so I'd probably question that first. But to go to your question, do I have to do the AMC? Do I have to do something math-related, competition-related because I want to major in computer science? I would argue computer science foundationally is applied mathematics, algorithmics, things of that nature. And so you have to show that you're proficient in the academic foundation of your major interest. Uh, one simple way, not simple, but one kind of conventional way of do that is to take the American math competition. And so I would highly encourage you to do so. And I would focus on trying to overcome your phobia or your hesitancy about math as opposed to trying to just avoid or kind of, I don't know, detour around it. But do you have to do it? No, you do not. I've had plenty of students who did get accepted for computer science without an AMC exactly, result. Exactly, exactly. So I think I think it's a matter of, you know, obviously we also have to have deeper conversation with you about this, but I think, um, you know, do we have to do the AMC? Have to? No, no definitely not. Um, perhaps. Maybe, yeah. I mean, if you want to show, like, that you're you're good at math because computer science has to do with applied math, you know, you, you can show that through the AMC, but there's many other ways to show it, right? there's other math competitions or if not math competitions there's you know your school or you can you know create a math curriculum or you can you know there's a lot of other ways that you love math um, than to just take the AMC all right let's move on to our miscellaneous questions Um, this student asked what are you looking forward to the most for the next season application cycle let's all say one thing how the supplemental essays will change I, I'm always excited to see how the questions um, change from year to year. For example, Johns Hopkins did kind of a 180 on us this year, yeah. and they asked a straight-up, out-of-nowhere collaboration yeah. essay. And Leadership. that was kind of the gist of what they were looking for. And so I'm very curious to see what new questions will arise for supplemental essays for each college. Honestly, I'm, I always look for really amazing essays yeah. from students. Yeah. Like, I, every mm. year... So I while you're helping, have, yeah, well, because I, I, I don't have a direct personal connection with a lot of these students like you guys do as counselors, mm-hmm. but I like reading their essays because every, every year there's gonna be a dozen or two dozen essays that will just wow me, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh wow, this student's going places. Yeah. Oh wow, this 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 girl's gonna 
change, make waves. Right. This guy is going to solve something, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool reading that. So I was every year I look forward to essay content details, kind of what has come up over the past, you know, four to six years of their academics. Yeah. Um, I'm excited most about the students I get to work with. Um, I think that, you know, this student specifically, I know, Jay, we were talking about this earlier, but this season for the students that I'm particularly working with, like, bring a lot of vitality and life and like, I like the way you said that vitality, creativity (laughs) and like just forward thinking different. I mean, I've had students like this before, but this year particularly. So watch out top colleges. There's going to be some really great candidates coming your way. And I'm really excited to be working with those students. And can I say something? And this may sound offensive to previous parents of previous Uh years. But honestly, Uh when I see that open mindedness, I honestly see the correlation to the parents. Yeah. This year, it's the parents just so happen to just be very open minded. Yeah. The least amount of like anger. I'd say like anxiety, frustration. Yeah, frustration. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting a lot of good vibes. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, Yeah, very, very minimal. The internet. Um, (laughs) Blame the internet. (laughs) How early should I start college admission services like admission masters? Well, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) Whoever that was. Um, A lot of our students start right around seventh grade. We do have students as early as sixth grade who start, but I would say seventh and eighth grade is a great time to start services like admission masters because it lets you, you know, have a mentor, talk to people, and and do the exploration. I think you can talk to a lot of parents um, who have signed up with us who are who signed up with us early, saying how beneficial it was to start early, and then. And we have we have parents who come in junior year and they're like, oh, my gosh, we wish we would have st- started earlier. That's one of the biggest like regrets mm, that I hear I from literally a lot heard of parents that earlier today. Yeah. Um, OK. Aren't all students pretty much the same if they go to the same school, same classes, similar extracurriculars? Like aren't all students the same? This was a question that I got mm-hmm. asked today. No, hmm. no. What do you mean? Like same in terms of like when you're in high school, if everyone takes the same courses? That yeah, kind of I, I think they're saying like on application, like if, if students are applying to like top like Ivy League schools, like at the end of the day, aren't they very, very similar? Like high schools don't offer that many types of classes. So you're going to be taking the same classes. They don't have a lot of clubs. So you're take, doing very similar clubs. Like isn't everyone the same ultimately is what this person was asking, I think. Well, uh, I, I can I can give my thoughts into that. Was it was it a I want to put it into the analogy of a video gaming student. Was it a video gaming student, do you think? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. So let's say there's a very big phenomenon called Minecraft. Okay. Minecraft is basically you could build your own world. But the, the beauty of it is you begin with all the same tools. You have the same certain blocks, same certain tools that you begin with. But the world Ooh, I you like create. I like where this is going. The world you create that you build upon, the more effort you put in to distinguish yourself throughout this time period you're given to build your world. I mean, you could see it. If you go online, you could see some incredible results. There's like mm. some dude who remade the Mona Lisa using just these mm. box tools. Same thing with Legos. And so you, even start, with Legos. You the same bricks, so, same things, but you create yeah. your own masterpieces. Yeah. So I think I would want to kind of talk with the student more face-to-face about this and be like, I don't see that. I, you see everyone is the same, but I don't see that same thing. I don't either. And I, and I want to be more specific here. Colleges now are, you know, yeah, I can see how fundamental you're thinking that same thing. Like students are taking the same classes, they're taking the same extracurricular activities. But one layer and level that colleges are looking for more now is what you did in those activities. Yeah, sure, written down on paper on your resume, it may seem similar, but what you did, how you made that impact, what you did to build this world and and create, you know, this this masterpiece is different for every single student. Let and me think, add to that. 
for example, let's say you are in charge of an extracurricular, let's say club, okay? And you could do the, the, the typical thing, which is as a president of a club, you could just host a meeting, take meeting notes, all right, adjourned. Mm-hmm. Or you could be the president and say, let's do something different this year. Let's start a health awareness yeah, campaign. Exactly. And let's get some funding from our school, IUSD, exactly. and let's figure something out where we can get some representation. Those minds are going to be the one that's going to uh, create the Mona Lisa, Mona mm-hmm. Lisa on Minecraft. The disruptors. Yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. This was this was so fantastic. And um, I, I hope this answered a lot of your guys's questions. Um, as we end our season three, we just wanted to say thank you once again for listening to our podcast. We know that a lot of you have been waiting for our newer episodes. So we really appreciate your patience. Um, don't forget to subscribe and follow us on your podcast app if you have an iPhone. Um, our Instagram is the Hall Pass Podcast. And if you missed any of our episodes, you can find it on iTunes um, or our website, thehallpasspodcast.com or the Admission Masters website, theadmissionmasters.com. We want to thank our sponsors, the Admission Masters. Uh, For those of you who are going into 12th grade, we would highly recommend working with Admission Masters counselors for all of your application and essay needs. For those of you who are younger and want a mentor and counselor to guide you and help navigate your high school career, join us. Um, You'll get personalized services that are focused and tailored to make you a successful student and also an overall person. Um, So thank you to Admission Masters for sponsoring us. Um, And thank you to all of you for tuning in on season three episode seven uh, we'll be taking a short break i know a lot of you guys have been saying like can you guys not take breaks I know. We're <laughs> but sorry. We, we have something um stored up for you guys and that's why we are taking a short break and we'll be back with season four in august we're hoping to bring some more student voices some guest guest speakers on our show um so definitely tune in to our season four in august um but in the meantime feel free to send us emails um on general topics and questions you have want uh, that you want us to cover in our podcast or we'll send you an email back in our email addresses the hall pass podcast at gmail.com thanks again everyone <laughs> bye, bye. See ya.